from the EBW Studios in Austin, Texas. This is EBW Radio, empowering a billion women by 2020. Welcome to EBW Radio. I'm your host, JB, and I've got two guests with me here. Uh, first is, is is somebody who's familiar with uh, EBW audience already, and that's Todd O'Brien, uh, former entrepreneur in residence at Dell and now Greenhouse ROI with Growth Hacking, working yes. with startups. That's correct. Out of London. Yes. And you're back in Austin for South by Southwest, I so we am. get to regroup again. That's right. You're friend of the family with EBW now. Yes. You and Ingrid go back quite a way. So it's good to have you again. Thanks. And you've brought a bunch of friends with you, which I think I is have. really, really cool. You know, you told me you were going to do this, and you actually delivered. You were like, I think I'm going to come back to South By. Which, it was just an idea when I talked with, to you. With, yeah, with yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs that that you know in London and you're now working with. And I was like, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, sure he will. <laughs> and he actually did. And one of those friends is Luisa Bubanova. Hi. How are, how are you? Oh, very good. Thank you. I'm very, very excited to talk to you about a few things because your current company is fascinating to me. And so I'm actually going to hold off on that because I want to talk about a company where it used to be before that mm-hmm. and kind of talk about how you ended up where you are because I think it's very, very interesting. Um, it was kind of in your blood to be in in media with uh, a mom running an advertising agency and a dad who was an entertainer, right? Yeah. So you had no right. choice to go into media I had of some n- sort. I had no choice. I've basically been exposed to all the topics about media uh, when it comes to TV broadcasting, when it comes to advertising, marketing, uh, problems, relationships, drama, the great <laughs> things, the the bad things, the the basically the Oscars of the whole whole industry uh, was my daily basis, and I was always very close with my mom, so very intrigued by everything that she was doing. So, and it's changed a lot from just the time you grew up around it, and we'll get to that in yeah, a second. Sure. But you originally intended to be a golfer. And yes, that's you, true. You did that for some time, right? Yeah. As a professional golfer? Um, I used to um, think that I could be a professional athlete. Um, but um, I like to say that actually I kind of stayed a professional athlete because business is athletics itself. So it's like you're running down the, down the street and you're just waiting for that final line to cross it. Uh, but anyways, it gives you some kind of attitude where you just really need to push hard and you basically learn that unless you train, which in business means that you try and go out of your comfort zone, you're never going to get it. You know, you, you've almost sort of knew exactly where I was going to go with this. Like, I wanted to know, again, this is kind of strange that I haven't really told everybody what you do now, but I mm-hmm. promise we're going to get there. Yeah, sure. You're, you're, it's a very interesting entrepreneur in, in the tech world and media in particular. But did being a athlete as a golfer, did that lead you to be a good entrepreneur? Did it give you some skill sets? Uh, well, definitely, because when I was uh, a golf player uh, back in the days, which was unfortunately a long time ago now, it's a sad story. Time flies. Um, I, an, an injury I, took you out of the sport. Is that an right? injury took me out of the sports? But uh, for example, golf is a golf is a sport that you don't want to give up. For example, in the winter. Uh, so in 
in that um, attitude, I learned how to make deals with golf clubs in uh, Spain, down in Marbella, where I was working half of the day and half of the day I was I was playing golf for free because that's why how how I was basically optimizing my my costs of of my sport. Obviously, it's um, very it made you a negotiator. Yeah, right yeah, away. yeah, 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 yeah. How can I stay somewhere warm and play golf yes. for less? Yes. So that was that. That was the. That sounds that like was a the, thing to the, do. The, the initial thought, and then I was I wrote a motivational letters to to a couple of golf clubs around Marbella, and few of them replied. So I was there for four years, like four years every winter, uh, to practice, and um, because they had like they took me on in only because they liked the motivational letters. So they're like, do whatever you want. So I started the first Facebook page. I started the first uh, YouTube videos uh, for them as an advertising. I started like the first Facebook organized uh, tournament. And I I have to admit, I have one one very nice trick of how I was luring people into <laughs> into liking our group because that back then it was just groups. Uh, I put a nice profile picture and I was hunting down men from <laughs> from countries <laughs> that all like, Let me that get, usually, you were on the profile picture. I was I was on the profile <laughs> picture and I was but I was asking them for friendships and as soon as they they confirmed a friendship then I added them to the group so they were like kind of learning and it was back like 2000 what three something like this yeah. so really long time ago and uh, Facebook didn't know these these hacks back then so <laughs> if I try to do it now they'll probably block me but back no, then it was back allowed then, hunting men was very easy oh yeah <laughs> so that's what I'm hearing yeah, yeah, yeah. now Louisa I'm very very uh, interested in how and I get a sense of it now with your Facebook tactics <laughs> you transitioned into digital media digital marketing Yes. You just realized you had a, a knack for it, right? You understood it naturally? Or did you just go in to, like, I want to go into that and I'm going to study it, I'm going to become a student of it? Which was it? Or was it both? Um, I think it was a combination of the fact that I realized that body is very fragile, fragile tool. And as soon as I got hurt, and I got hurt in a very uh, bad timing, I was playing the world championships in... Um, why do I want to say Arizona, which when it is uh, Latin America? Mm. Argentina. Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was in Argentina, and and that moment I was actually playing really good. I was really on the, like, I was top 20 from 300 players all around the world. And all of a sudden I lost it because uh, my spine just got, like, moved, and that was it. So I was looking for different uh, ways of how I can... Uh, how I can find meaning in life. So I found a school in San Francisco where I went to uh, study digital marketing as my master's uh, degree. Okay. And you spent a lot of time in San Francisco, which is the, yeah. the hub of all, where everything was happening yes. in that world. So that mm -hmm. was a fast education. But, you know, from what I was reading online, uh, Slovakia is pretty advanced in technology and media and you know comparing it to the rest of europe there's a lot of opportunity there is there not um yeah it's true it's actually we have the whole branding of the country built around ideas so uh we're a small country we speak language that nobody else speaks uh we don't have any um like wealth in in the in the soil or anything we just have like the the humbleness and work uh, attitude of our people. 
Um, so um, you find probably ninety percent of millennials that speak very good, uh, very good English, and maybe some German. Uh, some speak Russian because that's uh, that's another big market. Um, so it's very, very um, like if you have the bell curve of technological uh, pickuppers, we will be probably the first tail. So if there's something new, we'll be we will be trying it out as first. Okay. Yeah, I'm very proud. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then again, stick with me because when I tell you about the company that Luisa is with, uh, you're going to be blown away. It really is like so cutting edge, and it's going to be a game changer. But then you you ended up at Divano, mm-hmm. and Divano. Now tell me if I get this right. I'm going to take a I'm a stab at it, and you, I know you know it too, uh, Todd. So you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. You realized that people are watching two media forms at the same time, and I can attest to that. I have a 15 year old daughter. You watch TV, but you've got your mobile device in your hand. And so they realize when commercials are on, what do you do? You go to your mobile device, and you were like, well, what if we can engage them during that time when they go to the device? And that's what Devano did. I don't know if it still exists. I couldn't find that information, but you were a part of that company as well as your first startup venture, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Did I describe it well? Yeah, very well, actually. And I'm looking forward to this piece because I'm going to use it. Okay. Because it's very, very nicely said and very uh, forward. Uh, Divano still exists. Um, it's a it's a product that's targeting mostly different countries than U.S. because uh, the second screen industry is covered by Twitter and Facebook uh, in the states, but uh, countries like Russia, Brazil, Arab Emirates, those are our markets where we are. Uh, They're not you... using Facebook and Twitter as much there. Uh, Twitter definitely no, and Facebook has the special broadcasters tools that are only available in the U.S. In the okay. U.S., I'm so... just thinking if they don't use it as much there, I want to move there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't enjoy it here. Is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah, too yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a it's a different different. Be careful what you wish yeah. for. Yeah. Be careful what you tweet. Yeah. Right. These days. Right. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm trying so, to be no, funny. No, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Divano was was my planned baby. Uh, when I was uh, I was in uh, San Francisco, I was working for Stanford for an uh, initiative that's called Persuasive Labs, and um, a lot of things that we were dealing with were researches around how consumer behavior are are changing. What are the motivations? How are are uh, people exposed to media, and how much it affects them in different different groups? And one of the researches that have been done, we were we we're doing a focus groups that were sitting in front of a television, second group sitting in front of a television with a mobile phone in their hand, and when they were asked about the content from the TV, they in ninety five percent they were the same uh, level of quality uh, of content that they were getting. So. Uh, that kind of sparkled the idea that if I keep people in front of television during the advertising break, I can actually help the TV broadcasters to deliver higher uh, viewership during the advertising break, which is the time to pay. Basically, that's that's how the the TV industry works. And um, as you were saying in the at the beginning, I was born into media, so um, 
I'm kind of uh, on the two sides. I'm still working with the dinosaur industry and I still have love for it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when they die, I'm there with a second company. (laughs) (laughs) Feeding off the carcass of the dying dinosaur. So basically, that's how you distribute your risk, right? Right. (laughs) It is. You put one on the the black and one on the white. Um, (laughs) Do you talk to your mom about this stuff as an advertising person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's seen the shift. Yeah. And probably bought a lot of yeah. traditional media throughout her career mm-hmm. and has seen the total shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Absolutely. And you probably have a lot of interesting discussions about it because you're on the leading edge of that now. Yeah. So we have a kind of a partnership when they're talking to new clients as an advertising agency. They used to be part of Ogilvy, uh, Ogilvy chain. Uh, I always do the innovative part. So they tell me what kind of things they're looking for for their clients and I find technologies or I find like uh, ways of how to use our technologies in order to satisfy the the client. So uh, we have an ongoing, ongoing conversations about the the points of marketing, which she understands much better. And I have the points about uh, what new technologies are there because I see them all around the world and on conferences like South by Southwest or Web Summit and all these other ones. Well, you've probably found that, you know, there are a lot of, you know, women in marketing. They're very, very good at it. There are few, but increasing women in tech. When you talk about companies like Devano where you were, you know, there from from the onset and, again... The, your new company that I'm about to tell you about. <laughs> it, it, do people sometimes doubt you? You're you're very you're not, not only a woman. You're very young, and mm, they're probably I'm not, actually. <laughs> I'm really not. <laughs> well, you look very young okay, to me. Thanks. And do they do this? Sometimes people look past you, like oh, there must be some other co-founder here. Mm. Surely it wasn't this woman alone, right? Does that ever happen yeah. to you? Yeah, it happens a lot, and I like it. You do? Why? Yeah, I like it because it gives me advantage. Of the surprise moment, and it's um, it's just way how how you just learn things. Okay, this is how it is. It is surprising that a blonde girl from Slovakia that's been playing golf is running two companies uh, that are in in uh, in tech. Um, so it gives me time to actually get their attention. So it's just good. Just like, like just like getting those golf clubs to sign up on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're using it to your advantage. <laughs> yes, okay. it is. Now we we've got to jump into the new company uh, because I, I'm very very excited about it. I was as a person who was in um, I come from radio mm-hmm. and we would do a lot of um, uh, research groups where they would tell us whether they liked something or not and literally hold a knob and push it to ten if they liked what you're saying and zero if they don't like what you're saying. And it's a very, very painful thing to watch. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's very, very painful. And your the new company, youfirst.ai, uh, youfirst, has figured out how to read people's faces and emotions and reactions. Mm-hmm. And you can use it, see, I like trying, to, I like trying to, to say this first, and then you can elaborate on it. But you, one of the things I love about it is you can test content before you even put it out there. You can decide if people are going to like instead of guessing. Because the re- we're all kind of guessing right now. It's like, oh, if we release this video, is it going to be – is it going to take off for our brand or not? And you can literally run it through a test group and read reactions. How and why did you come up with this? 
And how did you get it built? <laughs> okay, so when I say the Divano is my plant baby, uh, you first is an accidental one. Um, I was running a few events in Slovakia, like startup weekends, where guys come for a hackathon of, uh, of uh, one weekend, 52 hours, and trying to build a business. And there were th these three guys that were programming this, uh, this algorithm, which is basically machine learning uh, based on 100 years old research of human emotions, which is very important because um, emotions as such is a universal language. It doesn't change through gender, doesn't change through race or, or age. Uh, so basically, every smile all around the world means the same smile. Extremely important for the whole whole purpose of, of research. Um, but they were doing it like, you know, like, uh, whatever, I'm just going to play around with this, this algorithm. That they had no idea what to do with it. So we were like meeting on two-week spaces, we were talking and da-da-da. Then I found an investor, Andrew, and a CEO. And that's how we formed the company. Uh, but you found your, your guys at a hackathon to build it, to build out yes, the... Yes, they, the they already had bits and pieces, but they were uh, not good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking... How did they make it good? What yeah. did it take to make well, it good? Obviously, it took money, uh, so we needed an investment. We needed a lot of research, and the CEO has a um, PhD in applied psychology, and she's been working five years for Leo Barnett, which is another huge advertising agency. So she had the perfect skills to actually bring the pure line of code into a product. So that was that was two years, two years of, of work. And then we spin it into into you first. That is that we are launching in seven days. Was it hard to raise your money to sell them on the technology and how you would use it, or did they grab it right away? Oh, it was right away. Right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot and, and of money. How much are we talking? About? Millions of dollars, or to get no, it off the no, ground? No, no, no. Thousands of dollars. Really. Thousands really? of dollars, but um, yeah, yeah. But it was. Um, if I could go back in due time, I would do it differently, but that's just the learning process. Uh, of do you mostly see the you uh, first um, technology for testing content before it goes out, or how? I mean, surely everyone's thrown out other ideas of how to use the technology. Yeah, I'm sure in your own internal meetings, you've thrown out a hundred ideas, and you yeah. have to stay focused on sometimes, right? Yeah. Uh, are there other ones that are popular ideas for using the technology? Uh, well, the most popular one is uh, pre-testing of TV commercials. Uh, but that's a different different story a little bit because you're taking the old school media content and you're testing it on uh, digital platforms. Um, it obviously has more bucks in it because the TV commercials is one of the most... Um, luxurious, luxurious mm -hmm. uh, industry uh, in the world when it comes to media, for sure. Uh, but we are trying to focus on influencers because we believe that uh, influencers is still a jungle and it's transforming into an uh, industry and we want to be the first comers in pre-testing tools in this industry. So people with a big internet following, yes. you want them using the technology? Yes. The thing is that the competition is growing rapidly. Uh, everyone is fighting their ways uh, up and 
basically trying to get as much subscri- subscribers as as possible and but the end user the viewer only has a limited time that they can actually um devote to watching youtube videos so they will be they will be the ones to judge like who am i going to follow next um, so your your focus on using the technology is di- is online streaming more so than traditional tv commercials yeah, anything yeah. like we that we used to we used to do that mm-hmm. before uh but we figure out that that's uh, that business is um uh, it lacks scalability, scalability, scalability. Mm-hmm. That's how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Louisa. Yeah, you got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Since so, you're going to throw out buzzwords, I'll throw yeah. one out at you. Thanks. As, as someone who's raised money before, how do we make money on this? Okay. How do you monetize it using the influencers to use your technology? Okay, so the, the monetization comes in the marketing dollars. Uh, the reason why I said that influencers marketing is becoming an industry is because they have extremely high return on investment when it comes to uh, collaborations of big brands with influencers. But the big brands, before they are willing to spend their money on a self-risen YouTube star or from a different platform influencer, they would really, 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 really make sure that the influencer will not damage their brand. And for such reasons, we are here to do these trend, like uh, collaborations smooth. See, I have kind of a slow brain here, Louisa, but I'm putting it together. Yeah. They, they, you've just mitigated all their risk at putting their brand with a piece of content before it goes out. Yes. Yeah. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. Yeah. No wonder you br- you're working with her, Todd. This is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And I overheard you making some comments about some YouTube influencers, for example. And, and believe me, again, I have a, a 15-year-old daughter. Sometimes I can't believe what she's watching and what she's attracted to. And reading a lot of the stories, like sometimes some of the popular shows are mind-boggling. And a traditional advertising brand or a traditional brand wouldn't want to advertise with like a, the, on YouTube, the woman that unwraps Christmas presents but gets a million views on every yeah. one. <laughs> Yeah. Or there's the little Asian kid that eats breakfast on YouTube every day. And it yeah. gets millions of hits. Like there's yeah. I can name them all day and you're just like it can connect advertisers to those which would make no sense to the yeah. rest of us, right? Yeah. But it makes sense when you put numbers on it. Yeah. And when you show the engagement curves and um when you give executives like, um, I don't know how to call it, but like something to lean on. Uh, you're like more comfortable with actually going into these collaborations. So, it builds the credibility, I think, is what you're saying. Like it's yeah. sort of credibility yeah. behind those brands. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter that you or you or me uh, or anybody from the executive team doesn't understand why a YouTuber is actually they, being watched. They just care that there's an audience yeah. there. Yeah, but all you care about is that that video where your brand is in mm-hmm. will be as engaging as the other ones. So it will get those million hits. Wow. It's very, very cool. That's fascinating stuff. If you want to check it out, uh, go check out youfirst.ai if you want to see what more, read more about the technology. I was just mind blown by it, and we could go on and on with the applications for it. I think it's fascinating. But before we go, like, what's next for the company? You're here in Austin, Texas, hitting up South by Southwest, where a lot of technologies try to ramp up their brands, kick off their year. What's what's the next step? 
Um, so South by Southwest is a very important milestone in in U First. First of all, uh, we are launching the official site. So ufirst.ai uh, will be will be up in seven days. So it's running already, <laughs> but uh, you know, like the official launch. Uh, so we're looking for a lot of PR, a lot of a lot of uh, chat about uh, the trend of emotional detection as uh, a metric for for digital productions. Um, and also we are looking to uh, set up an office in the States because states are the market for, for this product. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to LA after this and uh, I want to try to get around a few of, uh, few of my contacts from, from before and see whether we can, we can set up an office. So we're looking for people. Um, these are the exciting times when you're, you're growing mm -hmm. the team, you're, you know, getting yeah. covered by media and it's just like <laughs> it's yes. very exciting and if you can have your technology read my wife's facial emotions before i come home <laughs> mm -hmm. there's a market for that yeah that's hard i want to know what i'm walking into <laughs> before i get there yeah if you can the, tap the, into that i'm in yeah we can we can do that the moment when she sees you <laughs> but when you don't have the immediate trigger yeah. which the video is an immediate trigger i'm the trigger is what you're, you're saying yes yeah. yes Yes. Then <laughs> it basically happens in in a quarter of of a second. The the yeah. whole emotion emotion thing that we are after. Okay. Well, that's very very cool. Again, youfirst.ai. Give this a follow. It's going to be an interesting technology to see unfold. And I, I you mentioned uh, before this interview that you know Twitter's not very popular back home, but in this tech world in the U.S., people are starting to give you a follow. How can they find you on Twitter? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter with my Twitter handle, which is Luisa Bubanova, and, and it's <laughs> spelled like the wrongest way for anybody. <laughs> Spell that out for yeah. everybody. L-U-J-Z-A-B-U-B-A-N-O-V-A. Gonna... Okay, but you first, AI, hashtag, and I'll be probably tweeting about it a lot. So There you go. Luisa, <laughs> it's been a pleasure, Todd. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks Always so good to see you, too. This is EBW Radio. Thanks for listening to EBW Radio, empowering a billion women by 2020. Whoa, whoa, whoa.